Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Is up, everybody, and how's it going? I'm Alex Goldstick, and you are listening to the Spring Forward Podcast. The Spring League is currently in its offseason as we sit back and watch what the league's former players are up to in the professional ranks. Spring League alumni continue to sign in large numbers with the new Alliance of American Football, which will begin play in February 2019. Meanwhile, NFL training camps are entering their final week, and today's Spring Forward guest is in one of those camps now. Griff Whalen is our first 2017 Spring League Showcase guest on this podcast. The wide receiver is a six-year NFL vet who is currently in camp with the Oakland Raiders. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. Griff Whalen is a six-year NFL veteran wide receiver from Stanford University. Over his NFL career, he has spent time with the Indianapolis Colts, Miami Dolphins, San Diego Chargers, New England Patriots, Baltimore Ravens, and he's currently in training camp with the Oakland Raiders. He was a 2017 Spring League Showcase attendee in Napa, California. Griff, welcome to the pod. Hey, what's up, Alex? Thanks for having me. So, uh, you know, off the bat, you're a Midwestern kid, but we're a walk-on at Stanford in 2008. Um, So just take us quickly through what high school football was like for you. Um, and then ultimately how you made that decision to walk on to Stanford as opposed to another guarantee uh, if that was on the table. High school football was a blast for me um, in Toledo, Ohio. We, uh, you know, we had a good team, and football's a big deal in Ohio, so we were took everything real seriously, um, you know, practiced hard all the time. Our coaches pushed us hard, um, and I loved it, so I knew I wanted to play at the next level. Um, I actually played quarterback and safety in high school and at 5'11 with like not a rocket arm or anything. Um, 
I didn't have any scholarship offers. Um, no Division One schools offered uh, me a scholarship to play. Um, so from there, I just kind of looked at what options I had. I looked at football and lacrosse, actually, at some different schools. Um, a few around Ohio um, where I had either walk-on opportunities at, um, like, Toledo or went on a visit to Dayton, actually. And then I heard from Stanford that, um, you know, they thought I should come take a visit and would be interested in having me walk on the team. So it kind of um, kind of came out of nowhere. And I've, I've actually had a few family members um, go to Stanford. So that was kind of cool for me. And as soon as I went on my visit, I loved it right away. I loved the coaching staff. Coach Harbaugh was there and the campus, the players, like everything just kind of, just kind of felt right. Well, Stanford's certainly not too shabby a place to end up. Uh, You know, during three of the four years that you were at Stanford, you roomed with current Colts quarterback, Andrew Luck, uh, who was the top pick in the 2012 NFL draft. Um, Obviously, Andrew has had some issues with injuries over the last year and is making his comeback in 2018. Um, But are you guys still close from your Stanford days? Oh yeah, we are. We, um, we talk all the time and it was, it was nice, um, going from Stanford to Indy and still being able to play with him. I don't think I realized how, how nice that was, but now having been on other teams, looking back, I kind of realized how special that was to have one of your best friends, um, in the NFL with you. And yeah, we, we still are close. Um, I actually just recently got married and, um, he was the, my best man at my wedding. So. We still get together, um, you know, whenever we can in the off season. That's awesome, and you know, obviously he's had a bit of his own adversary adversity over the last year, um, and you know, you've gone through your yeah. fair share as sort of you know a walk on and an undrafted free agent. Uh, you know, is there common ground to be found with sort of two guys with uh, the same profession but maybe different paths? I think almost everybody um, in the NFL has some kind of adversity. Um, it's just, like you said, it can look very different. Uh, for me, it was just trying to get on the door, get in the door, and then trying to stick around somewhere. And recently, it's been bouncing around different places. Uh, for Andrew, it's he started off his career really well, and then the injuries lately, it's been coming back from that. And they're not just your your average injuries where you put a cast on something for – a couple months or anything like that. So it's been a real process for him and it's been a real process mentally, um, for him to, um, I think just grow and view things differently. So he's, he's in a really good place now physically and mentally, which is great for him. Um, I think he's having, you know, physically feels good and he's having fun playing football again. So that's, that's important for him. And it's just, no matter who you are, I mean, you can be, you know, we had Reggie Wayne was there with me and played for 13 years in Indianapolis, and still that day comes where maybe you want to still play and the team, you know, the organization doesn't think you're able to anymore, whatever it is, you know, there's always going to be something that comes up. Now, you mentioned it earlier, but switching gears from a second away from football, um, while you were at Stanford, you did play a year of club lacrosse. Um, and you mentioned that you played that in high school and were looking for somewhere to, to keep playing. 
Um, do you find any parallels between lacrosse and football? And do you think there's any advantages to being uh, a two-sport athlete that might help you excel as a pro in one of the sports? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm a big advocate of playing multiple sports. I think it really helps. You know, for me, looking back, I am very glad I played lacrosse because a lot of that does translate for me. Um, just the the kind of movements on the field, you're either trying to defend somebody or you're trying to, you know, get past somebody. And as a receiver, that's all I'm trying to do all the time is get past somebody and create separation and get open. Um, looking back, I, I um, you know, I did that in the spring instead of uh, track. And I kind of wish I had done track also because over the last few years, um, training in the off season, I've just learned so much about um, like sort of speed training and running mechanics and things like that, that you typically learn if you are a track athlete. So I definitely am glad I played lacrosse. I kind of wish I would have been able to do track too, just to learn some of that stuff when I was younger. Um, I think that would have just helped me develop some of different speed and burst and things like that when I was younger. Um, but yeah, I think all those sports help. I mean, lacrosse definitely helped me. Um, basketball helps a lot of guys. It's just, again, that, that movement and stuff, even, you know, if you're a wrestler wrestling, those, just those hand, you know, hand movements like football is pretty much every position you're playing with your hands receivers. We're using our hands to try and get those defensive backs hands off us linemen. Obviously they're all battling with their hands. So I think all those sports uh, carry over a lot. Now we, we mentioned at the top of the interview, the, the teams in the NFL that you spend time with. Um, but actually the bulk of your NFL career has been spent in Indianapolis. So after being undrafted mm-hmm. in 2012, um, you spent four years in Indy uh, with your former roommate, as we mentioned. So, I mean, as a former walk-on and then as an undrafted free agent, uh, what were those first couple of years like in the NFL for you? And do you notice parallels between sort of the walk-on uh, aspect of your life versus the undrafted free agent? Or is that two totally separate things? Um, yeah, it felt very similar. Um, you know, anytime you're undrafted trying to make an NFL team, you're pretty much starting at the bottom of the totem pole trying to prove something to convince them that, that you should be there that and uh, for them to let you stay. So, And that's exactly what it was like in college as a walk-on, uh, you know, just trying to trying to earn a spot on the team, trying to earn some play time, and trying to earn a scholarship. Um, so they, they felt very similar and um, definitely – uphill battles just I mean you've got not everything is even or fair um not at all so I mean you've got it's not like everyone starts at square one like if somebody is drafted high in the NFL draft that's where they're that's where they're starting on the depth chart so you know you've got you've got some ground to make up as far as trying to beat those guys out after your time in Indy ended, um, you spent parts of the next two seasons with Miami, San Diego, and New England. So, you know, mm-hmm. even though life as a football player is never stable relative to other professions, um, you had been with one team for four seasons, which included a playoff appearance, um, and then spent two years on three different teams. So what did that two-year stretch, sort of where you were, became a journeyman, really, what did that teach you about the business side of the game that you still hold true? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, that kind of sucked having to just bounce around like that. And it definitely opened my eyes to, I mean, I think before that I was already starting to see, but you, you know, it's just got a, I think I got a clear picture of how the, how the business really works. Um, and yeah, really, um, had kind of a luxury in Indianapolis staying there for four years. Obviously at the time I didn't know, you know, as an undrafted rookie, I didn't know I was going to be there four years. Um, so it's not like I could really plan ahead and, or anything like that, but, um, definitely grateful how that worked out being able to stay there for that long. And then, um, yeah, I was hoping for like a fresh start in Miami and hoping for my career to even take off more there. And unfortunately, like the first week of the season, uh, Miami ended up claiming somebody else and, and then cutting me. So then I got picked up by San Diego and that kind of, to me, that felt like it kind of derailed things because showing up once the season had already started in San Diego, you know, had no real connection, didn't know any players there, didn't have any type of connection with Philip Rivers. Um, so I'm kind of just this guy who just showed up and, you know, didn't have any real relationships with the coaches and, you know, the quarterback, any of that kind of stuff. So it never really turned into much of a productive season, even though, even though I was on the team, even though I was playing, it was tough coming in mid season like that. So it kind of just didn't turn into the year I wanted it to be. And then, I mean, new England was just such a short little, you know, two weeks, I think it was there that, um, you know, they had a couple guys beat up and I was only there for two weeks. So that never materialized into anything, but, um, yeah, I mean, you just never know how things are going to go. And the whole Miami thing felt like it kind of derailed all my plans of (laughs) my career just taking off from there. So I believe that stint you had in New England ended about December 2016. Um, And then the next time you play football is in Napa at the Spring League Showcase. Um, So tell us how you found out about and ultimately got accepted to play uh, with the Spring League. Oh, actually, I think it was some guys I was training with um, had done it the previous year. Um, I think you guys were in, like, Virginia somewhere. Yeah, West Virginia. Yeah, uh, West Virginia. Earlier in the year, 2017 was the first year of the league. Okay. Yeah. So I, some guys had done that one that I was training with and, um, mentioned it to me. So my agent looked into it and it just seemed like a good opportunity for me. Um, different than most of the guys in the league, in the spring league, because, um, for me, I hadn't been signed by a team during OTAs and that's always a good, you know, OTAs are like you're kind of building blocks for the season where you get the you get the helmets back on and and then you have a mini camp where you get to put the uh, pads back on a little bit. So having missed out on that, um, my agent and I sort of agreed that the spring league was a good opportunity to get that experience that I didn't get from being an OTA somewhere. So I got to go through some practices, got to put pads back on, really just shake off any rust that I might've had and, you know, feel, feel the pads again, getting hit and that kind of game speed, um, going into, 
hopefully a training camp somewhere. So, I, you know, and that was different than most of the guys that were there who are younger players still kind of trying to just get a foot in the, in the NFL, um, hoping a you know, a scout will see them. Whereas in my case, having already had some, um, career footage, you know, film and stuff like that, like the scouts have access to that, you know, the teams know who I am. For me, it was more just about getting that experience, um, you know, getting back up to game speed again before, before training camp started. Well, and it did work. In, in the 2017 Spring League Showcase game, you were the leading receiver with four catches for 73 yards, um, and then you were signed by Baltimore less than a week after that game. Now, uh, in total, over six NFL seasons, but really five because uh, you broke your foot that cost you what would have been your rookie year uh, in 2012, you've amassed 51 catches for 532 yards and three touchdowns. Um, we know your story isn't finished yet, but looking back on your career as it stands now, uh, and as a college walk-on and an undrafted free agent, how do you make sense of all that's happened to you so far in professional football? I think it's, I think it's a combination of you know a bunch of stuff. I I really think a lot of it is just luck and timing for sure. The injury my rookie year might have definitely been a blessing in disguise as far as getting put on IR and sticking around Indianapolis for that entire year and. You know, that gives the the coaches more time to get to know me. And then the next year I've got kind of a year under my belt of not game experience, but just experience of operating as a professional. So I think timing and luck and things like that are definitely a big part of it. And then because I've seen I've seen lots of guys over the last few years um, in similar situations to where I was, whether they're undrafted or late round draft pick that are just really great players, um, you know, professionals, good attitudes, all that, but maybe they're not on the right team or there's, you know, just happens to be too many other good wide receivers in that room or something. And they just don't really ever get that shot that I did. So I think luck's a big part of it. And then really just being able to take advantage of opportunities. Um, that's what I was able to do. You, you just never know. Um, you never know what opportunity you're going to get or when it's going to come. Um, for me, for the most part, I felt like I was able to capitalize on the few chances that I did get, and those just opened more doors for me. Now, so far this preseason with Oakland, uh, you've hauled in four balls on seven targets for a total of 44 yards and a TD. Um, we actually talked before we started recording about how you got knocked up a little um, in, in last week's game. Um, but, you know, as a vet in the NFL who knows the ropes of, of the game, um, and when, with, one week, with one week left to go in the preseason, um, how would you assess your preseason so far? And then what is 2018 looking like for Griff Whalen, um, knowing that you might have a knock to overcome now? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really happy with the uh, training camp I had here. I think, uh, I think once again I started um, – not at the bottom of the depth chart, but a little lower than I'd like to be put together, just really good, consistent practices, kind of worked my way up and then had a few um, good preseason games. No, uh, no crazy numbers or stats or anything, but um, I feel like I've shown the consistency and made all the plays that I could um, to earn a spot on the team and, um, yeah, like you said, I, I, I did just get a little 
beat up in the last game. So um, we'll, we'll see how that affects things. Um, but pretty happy with the training camp and the preseason that I've had. Uh, the Raiders are actually currently uh, employing the most amount of spring league alumni uh, in professional football at four. Uh, so including yourself. I'm going to throw out the names one by one of the former Spring League guys, and you know, hopefully you recognize them, and give me your reaction and your thoughts on each of them. So first we have tight end Paul Butler, who was with us uh, in Austin this year. Um, yeah, Paul's been doing a really good job. I think he uh, came in a little bit later uh, during OTAs, um, but you know, picked up the offense, and um, I mean, athletically, he's got he's got all the tools and. Um, personally, I think he's shown a lot, um, made some pretty good catches, uh, in practice and in games. So, you know, that's a position in Oakland that's, you know, right now they're pretty heavy on tight ends, but I think he's, I think he's really shown something where if not here, he might get picked up somewhere else or, you know, he might've shown enough to land on the practice squad here. Um, also, so I think he's done a really good job. Uh, next, we've got uh, offensive lineman Cam Hunt out of the University of Oregon. He's come in and just done everything the coaches have asked of him and just shown that he can play at this level. So uh, it's harder for me to evaluate those positions, you know, offensive line positions as tight end or receiver. But um, from what I hear from the coaches also, he's been doing a really good job. And so the last one, someone you may have gone up against, but obviously a defensive player is uh, D-back Rayshon Pringle. Yeah, um, a very late addition here. Uh, you know, I think a few DBs got injured during camp, and and so they brought him in and kind of, you know, just just looked um, confident and made some plays right away. So um, I honestly have no idea what's going on with the DBs. It's, you know, there's a few injuries, and some guys are playing well, some guys aren't, so... I think he's got as good a chance of any as anybody. So those are the spring league guys, and, and then last question, and one one more note for those that follow, uh, you know, your career, social media, uh, is that you're a vegan, which seems to me to be so much more than a diet, um, but really a complete lifestyle choice. Um, and you know, the the joke is that vegans always like talking about the fact that they're vegan. So, uh, you know, what's your <laughs> what's your motivation to maintain this sort of lifestyle, and what have you found uh, the benefits of being a vegan professional athlete? Um, yeah, well, all right. First of all, I'm one of the rare ones who I pretty much never bring it up, uh, <laughs> but it does end up coming up all the time anyway. Um, at meals, you know, I just, whether it's at a, you know, at work, a team meal and I sit down and somebody kind of starts the conversation. So how did you go be, or why are you vegan to explain whatever? So, um, but anyway, for me, I kind of just tried it, um, no real intentions of anything long-term or commitment or anything. Um, I did this 28 day kind of challenge. And to me, it was just like, um, you know, I've, I have like a sweet tooth and have a hard time staying on the healthy road sometimes. So I was like, okay, good. This will give me some structure. I'll only eat these foods and do this 28 day thing and kind of a healthy, just like, not cleanse, but just like a good like way to start the off season and training and stuff like that. So that's how I started it. I mean, a week into it, week and a half, I felt like such significant changes physically, like 
way more energy um, mentally, like just more alert, uh, more energetic throughout the day, especially like in the afternoon, wasn't getting tired and like uh, that little lull and wasn't getting tired after meals either. And I mean, running felt like felt lighter, felt easier to breathe. Um, uh, training felt really strong and recovered a lot quicker. Um, I noticed like less soreness and just quicker recoveries. Um, so I started, you know, I didn't know anything about it then. So I started doing a lot more research, like, why am I feeling this good? And is this something that I can sustain as a football player or am I going to like wither away and get super skinny? Uh, so I had to do my own research and really dove into it, um, and learned a lot. And having, having done all that research, I think it's, I think it's the optimal diet for any athlete, no matter if you want to be muscular, skinny, big, what like it it doesn't matter. It's, that's just a, matter of how many calories you want to eat but i think it's the best diet for any athlete as far just because of the reduced inflammation it gives you the quicker recovery um worries people have are just misconceptions like not being able to get any protein um i haven't had any issues with anything and uh really have never felt better as far as training and all that kind of stuff so um that's been something that i think has actually helped me uh, elevate my game a little further and, you know, possibly has extended my career. Well, it's a, certainly a great, uh, uh, answer for vegans everywhere. And, uh, you know, for whoever's listening, maybe we'll, we'll blow up on the, uh, the vegan internet. <laughs> um, but especially we hope it, it lets you bounce back from this, this foot injury a little bit quicker. And, um, you know, I'm sure that we will see you on an NFL field in 2018. Yeah. Hope so. Really appreciate the time. And, uh, you know, Get back out there. Get back out there working. All right. Thanks for having me, Alex. That will do it for this episode of Spring Forward. Best of luck to Griff and the other Spring League alums in Oakland as they battle to make the Raiders squad. We'll be keeping a close eye on Griff's injury news and hope he heals up fast. You can follow the Spring League on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Spring League. You can follow me on Twitter at AGStick and on Instagram at Alex Goldstick. All music was provided to Spring Forward by Joshua Rosner. We'll be back with an all-new episode shortly. Later. Later.